What's up, everyone? This is the Home Service Success Podcast, your resource for growing your residential contracting business through sales, marketing, and mindset strategy. Your hosts, Stephen and Davis here, and today we're going to continue our conversation with owners about company culture and recruitment. Our guest has been in the trades for over two decades and is now the general manager of Veteran Air Conditioning in Sarasota, Florida. He led recruitment efforts that resulted in the hiring of 25 staff in just a few months. He also has a really unique perspective on sales that may seem counterintuitive to most. So we're going to dig into those topics and I'm betting you're going to get some awesome insights today. So without further ado, welcome Ryan Smith. Thank you guys. Um, excited, Stephen and Davis, to chat with you guys today about the fun of air conditioning and the, the trades, man. It's been a blessing to be a part of. I love it. Yeah. And you've got a pretty, pretty interesting background in terms of how you got into the trades and um, what your story looks like. And ultimately, you know, being finding yourself as the general manager of a huge air conditioning uh, company out in Sarasota. So tell us a little bit about how you got into just that story, your story, how you got into the trades and what the last 20, 20 years plus has looked like for you. Yeah, it started out as I was just a young guy looking to, I wasn't a college person. So I, my dad was an electrical lineman and I was going to go into that trade, but realized that that looked like too hard of work for me. Um, but as a, a young buck, I moved to Florida with my fiance at the time and became an apprentice electrician. So started out as an electrician, navigated through that to, that was just new construction. Figured I actually, I love people interaction. So that wasn't the best fit, but I learned a lot about construction because I didn't even know what studs or trusses or anything was at that time. Then went from that to a, like an ESI company, Electrical Service Success International where I learned as a service tech to become, you know, more communicating, giving people options and upfront pricing and just very, very well flourished in that. Um, But then as the economy changed and pivoted, realized I wanted to do something that would never be affected by the, any type of economy. So living here in Sarasota, Florida, what do you know? Air conditioning happened to be that trade uh, it was pretty cool because I had built a relationship with somebody I didn't even know owned an air conditioning company. He gave me an opportunity as a maintenance technician. From that, just worked my way up through the ranks from maintenance to service, service to service sales, selling equipment. But then I've always had this thirst for knowledge and communication and it just and of course, financial too. I like that. You know, lots of people, you know, I always wanted to be that six figure income at that time. And uh, I really wanted the opportunity to manage people and direct them in the way that I saw fit. Uh, so I moved my family from Sarasota, Florida to Northern California, which if I'm, I'm good at sales, cause I talked to my wife into that with two small kids at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we, I worked there as it definitely, it was a one hour heating and air learned a ton because I had never managed. And it, it really gave me insight to, you know, everybody, every tech. And I, most people run through this where they're like, I can be a manager. I can do it better than the guy that's managing me. 
And I look back and I, you know, I, I kind of a stick in a shoe in my mouth, thinking of all those times I thought that when really not knowing that, what that took, but I was putting in 80 hour weeks for about two and a half years at that one hour, my wife was like, okay, we're not, you can't do this. We, you know, again, two small ch children under the age of five. So then I went to another air conditioning company and what I had learned, and I won't go too far into it, but I, what I had learned from that one hour is I needed to have control. So, which not in a sense of I'm a tyrant, but just in, I need to be able to make decisions and I need to have the ownership team trust me in that piece. So when I interviewed with the next company, I first started out as just a sales guy there because I was kind of burnt out on the manager, but then he approached me and I said, look, I'm okay managing your staff, but I need to have full control of your company. Means I need to hire and fire everyone. You And he, and he said, okay. He gave me that. We had some ground rules. He didn't always love the fact because I would reference back to that. Am I, am I doing it? Are you doing it? Um, fast forward, worked there. We, I realized that California wasn't the place for me and my family. We wanted to move back to Sarasota just because I am a, a, a beach and boat guy. I love this area and the, the salt life. So we moved back and one of my friends uh, who currently is my sales manager at the company that I recruited, he was working in a large air conditioning company and had went on one of these trips, you know, like a vendor trip where you, because you sell a bunch of equipment and the owner of my company veterinaire was on that trip and he was just crying about how he didn't have anybody. Mm -hmm. So that's how this birthed. And of course, just like I was saying, I, I told them the same thing. I need control. So when they agreed to it, uh, they let me have control, which is a little, I do things a little bit differently as you were kind of saying in the beginning mm -hmm. and they've let me really mold my skill set and allow me to coach people and love on people, which then equals profits. So you're like the center peg when it comes to building culture, building the staff morale, really, and uh, and picking and choosing, you know, who you're going to hire and, and how you're going to build that. Right. So it, it is a lot of piece of recruiting and then making sure because a lot of times and this is even with the previous companies, a lot of companies put people in the wrong seat. Mm -hmm. So they have a they're really good as an employee but they're just doing the wrong task. Yep. It's like the classic, you know, we've got eight seats on the bus and everyone's got to be in the right spot. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, one of my, my main dispatcher now, she was actually my HR when I arrived at this company, veterinary. And I love this story because she is, she loves talking to people and she's very direct. She's really good with the techs. She, and I could just tell she, she cares about him. She likes, she, she has some, I like to call it some street. She's just, she is just, she can handle them. Yeah. But she was HR. And I'm like this, and she was going to college. She was going for her degree as an HR person. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you need to quit. And I, and I told her straight, I'm like, you had to quit school. And she's like, what do you mean? I only have like this a year long. Yeah. I'm like, this is your calling right here. Yeah. I was like, you're going to love this job. And she's like, I'm like, I'm actually taking HR away from you. And she's like, what? Like at first she didn't know. And I'm like, 
you got to trust me here. Huh. Well, now she's flourishing as a lead dispatcher and she thanks me. Because Dude, yeah, she, it sounds like one of your like key talents is just identifying other people's strengths, you know? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And that's like such a rare thing. And also like in your role, it just works perfectly where it's like, okay, you know, what do people need? Like everyone's personality is a little bit different. Everybody communicates a little bit differently. How do you work to their strengths? Um, so talk about that a little bit in terms of like your recruitment. So just the fact that you hired 25 people in a month or a couple months is insane. So, and it's such a, you know, pain points for so many owners right now is finding quality talent and, and, and retaining quality talent. So one, I guess, start with what was the need at veteran air to hire that many so quickly, or maybe there wasn't a need, there was just an opportunity in the area. And then how did you actually go about, you know, finding and, and getting applicants? Yeah. So there was a huge need because last year, so our growth, you know, revenue gain went from like nine to 14. We did 14 million last year. Wow. So we just are exploding as a company. Yeah. And I was, I was really just working my guys to the bone. Again, they get a little, we're, and we're not slowing down. So I, there was just a need of, I couldn't recruit fast enough for especially techs and installers in the field. Mm -hmm. So as a tech or installer, there were some things I knew that I needed to do to create the culture that I, if I wanted to be a tech, I, cause I am a tech and I tell that to people as a tech, what type of place do I want to work for? So I started with just basic things. One was, most air conditioning companies, they don't close, right? They, the old adage, I'm 24 seven, we're 24 seven, you see it on the trucks. So I talked to my ownership and said, we have to close. We're closing. I'm going to stop answering the phone at a certain point. So of course the owners are like, what are you talking? Like, this is not a good idea. You know, everybody's okay, like counterintuitive. Correct. Yeah. So so I was able to negotiate 10 p.m., which is still reasonable. If they call at 10.01, we're not answering the phone. Yeah. We don't answer. So that was a big sales point because then I shifted the guys I did have. And I told them, hey, guys, by the way, we're not running calls if they come in at midnight. We don't do that here because mm -hmm. that's just no tech wants to go out at night. It's just a terrible you're, they're not going to do a thorough process. They're not going to give good options. Yeah, they're going to yeah, they're gonna replace the capacitor and it was a clogged coil and we're going to be, we're going to lose. You never gain money. Yeah. And those phone calls, you know, working at these other companies, I knew that the answering services and stuff like that, that you would have, they're just terrible. Like it was never a good, it wasn't a, it wasn't profitable to run when it was that dark out. So, so there was no, there was one piece. Number two was uh, on call, of course, is terrible, and it is it's a necessary evil. You have to have it. So I've tried to do as much shift work as possible, which is good. But what we came up with last year in the beginning of the season in 2020 was after the guys were on call for a weekend, the next week, no matter what, they have a three day weekend. Nice. So they have a large check. So then, so then they're super, they're actually pretty stoked. They're like, Oh crap. So once a month, they've got a three day weekend, mm -hmm. which is painful as a company. Cause now, and I don't give them, cause I have two guys on call on the weekends now. So 
I wouldn't give them both the same day. It'd be like a Monday and a Friday, but what are the two busiest days in air conditioning? Mondays and Fridays. Right. So, so it became painful, but I just, I told the staff that it, we didn't care. It was going to be worth it mm-hmm. because they were going to tell their friends. People yeah. were going to start talking. It didn't matter that I know in my dispatcher, the same dispatcher was, you know, she'd get upset. She's like, we're understaffed on Monday. And I'm like, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to deal with it. It's going to fix itself up. Yeah. So one of the main recruiting ways was through those couple changes, which then in turn had those guys talking to other people and then they breed other. And I was getting quality technicians walking through my door that just heard that they wanted to work at our company. And I'm like, and I'm not like part of it was not even me putting ads out. It was just, I created this culture. The guys are like, dude, we got three day weekends. What do you have? Mm-hmm. And so we close it. I, I want to ask a, a, a specific question to make sure I'm grabbing this. Is is a big part of why you had guys walking through the door, like you know, some of it culture. I'm understanding all that, but like when you went to this three day weekend, was that something as a standalone thing that as they started talking more, that had an exponential increase in new people wanting to work there? I would say that gained me. Because these were, again, some of them were interviews, right? Like they weren't just like, I'm coming to work here. You know, there's a lot of, I have 2000 air conditioning contractors in my zone here. So they were, but I think it was just a piece that added to the sale on the top. Right. Like, so, so it, it was, and it was because I would get some through the door through that. Well, then of course, guys want to say, well, prove it. Right. Yeah. Like prove that it's going to be good. You know, you're, cause I can sell in the, in the interview process, but I have to, I have to back up the sale. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and that's one thing I really, again, that was one of the things too, is I'm just truth to my word when I'm interviewing because I have been a part of myself when I'm interviewed by a company. And I use this example when I'm interviewing that they promise you the world, right? And then all of a sudden the world is different than what you were promised when you were interviewed. And all of a sudden there's a reason. And so I just make this commitment. I look the, and I do all the interviewing for, even as the general manager, I'm interviewing these techs. And I say this to them, my guarantee to you is you will make more money than you've ever made. And you're also going to work harder than you ever worked. And then I go into the, if you don't like, you know, I, I try to unsell them on it. If you don't like pressure, then you don't want to work here because I think it's Kerwin Ray. I listen to him frequently. He says, pressure is a privilege. So if you don't feel, if you don't like pressure, if you can't handle a call at six o'clock, you don't want it because we're building this team of people that want to like, they want to better themselves. Mm -hmm. And of course, when I first started the, pressure and put I from when I first started better in air to now there's not one service tech that was there in the beginning and they had nine or ten techs I had to get rid of all of them and then recycle through and get guys that understood that I'm going to push you but it's going to have great gain for your life not just financially but it's going to make you a better husband boyfriend per human through how we coach these gentlemen so that's awesome. Yeah. So it's been a, it, I love that part because I think that we miss it when 
when we're just offering a job and we're just offering benefits and even the three-day weekend, I think that's, it's great, mm-hmm. but we got to offer something that's different. It's, it's, it's pushing them on their life because yeah. not everybody had a father that raised them the right way. Not every, so it's just, it's, it's better to coach them up and find the right people to have good attitudes. Mm-hmm. So that goes into my next piece, which is I, I recruited, I'd say, I think it's eight. I, I, I miscount, but yeah. it's, it's seven or eight people that had no air conditioning experience that just could talk that I felt like had a good personality. And I just put them in a truck with somebody and just through osmosis and training. And then they were able to start running maintenance. And then the guys that were more technical could, I made them service techs more quickly through just investing in, you're going to ride with this guy for 60 days. So it, it was just a cloning through knowing that I was going to be short staffed. It was worth the, Hey, can this guy communicate? Can he listen? I might have to fix air conditioners over the phone with the headset in. Right. But, um, but a year from now you're going to have a quality tech. That's all yours right. and you've coached up and yeah, exactly. And surprisingly, if you find guys that are in, you know, I've got guys that have worked at direct TV or, their mechanics, like they just, they, they can handle this. This is not outside their ability. It's just a matter of it's, it's picking the right people through their correct attitude. And then the ability to say, Hey, look, I'm going to need you to say yes for three years. When you say yes for three years, I probably am going to get you to six figures. Yeah. Wow. But you need that, but you got to say yes. And I just, constantly coaching this in the interview and hey not and i laugh and i'm jovial with them in the interview process and we joke i'm like hey uh i'm being this is gonna be the hardest job you've ever had but it'll be the most rewarding yeah and then i'll re-ask it are you sure you sure you're accepting this because i'm gonna crush it yeah you'll tap out i make grown men cry i get it i i I will but it's it's in a good it's positive for that right right dude i love builds their. i mean you're yeah yeah it's cool you like you're building their character more than anybody probably ever has in their entire life Mm -hmm. and that's and it's always we talk about this davis knows i talk about it internally is doing the hard thing is hard it is kind of challenging in the moment but when you look back at your life what are the times that you remember and that you're the most proud of and you're the most happy about and that you sit around a fireplace sharing a cocktail with a friend or somebody, you always talk about, man, like, you know, Ryan crushed me for two years, but holy cow, I feel so great. And I'm so happy about it. I'm so proud of it. Doing the hard thing in the moment is hard and it sucks sometimes. But if we can help train our own mind and other people's minds to remember like leaning in and doing the hard thing in the moment Mm -hmm. might feel uncomfortable, but those are the things that we look back on. Those are those massive moments of, uh, of growth. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, it's that piece of, and, you know, of course I get it's a hard job and I, you guys will get onto that complaining path. And I just have different sayings that I use for that. Uh, one of my favorite is other than the pressure is a privilege is people would beg for your worst day. Yeah. They would just beg for it. And I, and so somebody will come in my office and they're, they had a hard time and it was hot. I'm like, man, I get it, but 
you you got to put your life in perspective here. Yep. And I think that again, the reason I am doing it this way now is because I hired wrong for so many years. I hired out of, oh, he says he's a tech. Great. He must have no baggage. He can fix things like he's going to be good. And as soon as I put pressure on these techs, I was like, what's go-? like, and I'm not talking heart, but hard pressure, but just, Hey, I need you to work 50 hours this week. And of course I'm in California. So I felt like it might've been even intensified a little bit, but I'm like, what is good? Why are they? And then, but then I get, and one of my best guys in California, he just started his own company, which I love, but he was sweeping the floor in the shop. And I just saw this guy. I'm like, he wants it. He wants it. Now he owns his own air conditioning company. That was within seven years. I'm like, and he was super successful. So it's just that. That inner drive, people that want to grow personally, make the best employees at the end of the day or the, you know. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like just because they have air conditioning experience doesn't mean they're the right person. Right. But I, but lots of us hire out of necessity instead of saying, and it's been worth it, even though I've, yeah, it it costs us financially, but now I'm like, this last month was tremendous for our company. And I look at my, my cost, which is typically my overtime is crushing me. And I'm like, Oh, I'm staffed. I'm good right now. This feels good. Like this is. Yeah. And you got ahead of it too. Right. 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 Yeah. You're not even in. You're not even in busy season quite yet. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, when summer rolls it's, around. It's coming. Yeah, we're it's it's pretty interesting because we had, and I'll brag on myself a little, but this Mar- March is the biggest month of our company history. This is wow. huge. We we and we and we're and I'm like, what happens when it actually gets hot here? This is going right. to be yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and you got you know like I was just in, so I uh, I grew up in Florida. I've uh, okay. been in Colorado for a while, but grew up up in the Panhandle, went to school in Gainesville, lived in Jacksonville, tons of time in Tampa and Sarasota. And we were just down there a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I mean, as we're doing this interview in April, 2021, it's like COVID doesn't exist in Florida for a lot of places. Right. And it's, right. it's great. I love it down there. And so, and you got all these people moving to Florida and it's still not even busy season. So I can't wait to see what you guys actually end up doing this yeah. summer. It's going to be, you're right, because I, I think the, the number was like 40,000 people moved to Tampa last month or something. It's like, it's nuts. Like there's tons yeah. of, it's, I, we're blessed in a nice area. Uh, yeah. COVID so, did leave, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I know. I'll, pivot, I'll take it, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So before we pivot into talking a little bit about your sales and setting quotas or maybe the lack there of setting quotas, Ryan, <laughs> Um, Steven, I just kind of like want to recap because we've had a couple conversations now with various owners and HR gurus around building culture and recruiting. And I'm starting to get pull a common theme out of these conversations where, you know, recruiting and retention just starts with culture. And it seems obvious, but, you know, you know, it kind of goes back to this classic idiom of do you hire for attitude or aptitude? And ultimately it comes down to attitude um, and hiring quality people. And when you get that formula right, the rest will come. You'll attract, you know, more quality techs because they talk. You'll attract, you know, that community of people, whether it's the tech's parents or the grandparents or what have you. Um, you know, the rest will follow. 
And uh, I think the same thing goes for like building that culture, Ryan. So the coaching that you've done um, and, you know, identifying people's individual strengths and working towards that and making them feel empowered. Um, you know, ultimately the, that's, that's the strong foundation that you lay as a, as a GM or as an owner that creates those, you know, creates an easier effort when you have to go recruit. Correct. Um, and, and John, I use this phrase. So every time I do an interview, I say the same thing. So then I don't end up with somebody saying, well, you never said that. I'm like, look, I say the same thing every time. Uh, the last piece that I always, right before they're about to walk out, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot to say this. And I always say it just like that. I'm like, I forgot to say this. Right now you have a great attitude. As soon as you don't, and I understand that people have bad days and I'll coach you out of that. But as soon as you don't have a bad attitude and you are sad that you live in America, I'm going to fire you. And I just, every time. So John Maxwell says it something like, as soon as somebody has a bad ad- attitude, we let them go. And we just set that up front. So even my staff know, knows that we just don't let it creep in because it's just a poison to, yep. for, for us to be on, because I love the coaching on thankfulness and being just, we don't need to compare ourselves to others, but being thankful for what we have. And that just changes the mindset of your team when they know that if they, if they see if complaining, they know that if I come around the corner and hear somebody complaining, I'm about to go. That's that's like the one thing that lights me off to my handle. I'm like, really? Like today's the day? Yeah, no, that's funny. So we talked with Kenny Chapman and he had a quote that has stuck with me and that's just check your gratitude, you know, check your perspective, check your gratitude constantly. And, you know, you keep that in the back of your head and, you know, it's just, it'll lead you in the right direction. Right. Right. Well, cool. So in regards to sales here, so Ryan, when we initially spoke, um, I thought this was really interesting because a lot of the information on sales is all about like, you know, what conversations your texts are having with your customers or how can you upsell? How can you value add? How can you create these long-term agreements? But you, I mean, you probably do a lot of that, but you do it in a way that's much more quality and customer centric. So it's like, ultimately, what conversation do I want my text having with my customers? Or what do I want my techs focusing on? Should they be really focused on sales? Is that really their job? Or is their job to, you know, do a quality install? Um, so tell us just a little bit about your perspective there um, and what you've learned and, and how you operate uh, on that level. Yeah, so my the business model of our company and any company I'll ever run is going to be, we're going to be the best service, maintenance, and customer service company in the area. And I always follow that up with notice. I didn't say sales. I didn't say sales Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to be the best sales company. That's not even one of my metrics. Unfortunately, the word itself, and I know that people would people at sales companies would battle me. Everything's sold. You buy everything. They go off on the. You have to have say. Yes, we do have to sell things. I get it. But for me, especially in the air conditioning industry, is it's gotten such a bad rap from the people that were doing it the wrong way for so many years where they were just going to homes. They were just selling sale, sell, sell, sell. Every time you, somebody came to your house, it's like this, you know, you were just creating this like anxious spirit in the customer because they were just like, Oh, what's next? What's going to, so what I preach to the guys, they have three jobs. They have to take pictures. They do have to give options. And they have to record the equipment. 
The only way they can give options though, is they have to prove that there's a need for the option. So we use Service Titan, which most companies do. And if they're gonna offer a capacitor, they have to prove that that capacitor is, is undervalued or bad. I call it, it's bad. Or there's a pitted contact or there's something, whatever it is, they have to prove it. Right. If they don't prove it and they offer something, they get a warning, they will be terminated because we're not offering things that don't have proof behind. Mm. Through, through that process, that's the job. But I don't care if they sell anything. All they have to do is tell the client what's there. But what happens because of that is, right, people will buy things because there's things that are wrong with the system. They see the pictures. There's proof of it. But I'm not pushing them to have to offer. So if they find a system that is golden or it's a brand new unit and there's nothing to offer, I'm not forcing them to present options on something that's not needed. Yeah. That's so awesome in the industry. I mean, and especially in your market too, right? Like, you know, South, you're getting down towards South Florida, you're getting down towards an older demographic, you know, in some of the areas like that's, that's really important. And, and you're creating trust with the client by only offering things or by, you know, by proving that there's an issue and then giving them options to fix that. That's, it, all, that's it, also a trust issue. Exactly. And it's, because I am familiar with, you know, of course you get the, there's t- lots of old people and it's just, we're in a legal age now. There's phones and there's pictures and cameras that we got. We need to be different set apart where we take pictures of everything so we can prove. And that's not just pictures of the stuff that's needed. I make them take a picture of them sucking the drain line. They have to take a picture of before and after of the leaves being cleaned out in the condenser. Like, it's just very document oriented. So when these clients get this report that shows how it was to reverse how it is, they see the value of the maintenance. Because not every time, especially with COVID, were they out there with us, but we hand them this, the form that's through Service Titan. Again, it's just this, I'm not, and I don't have to have trained high-end sales gurus as their service techs. They're not... Right. We, we can train them so much, but so, and I will take what, what other companies would call the misfits, right? Like, oh, he doesn't sell anything. Like he's not a good sale, but he's a freaking dang good tech. Yeah. yeah. I take those techs and teach them. All I'm looking for is if you see something wrong, take a picture, put an estimate in. That's all you got. And they, it clicks with them. Because then they're, so, they're not, I'm like, you don't have to sell anything, bro. Just if you see something, yeah, let them know. So, so how do you, I, I have a question. Cause I know that somebody listening right now is thinking more than one, but somebody, some people are thinking this, they're thinking, but my guys are going to be frustrated when I start telling them. And now you got to take pictures of every single thing and document it. So when you bring people in from other companies, do you have people that are like, dude, really now you need me to take pictures of everything on top of all the other stuff you're asking me to do? Do you have to overcome that sometimes initially? And like, how, how does that yeah, so play out? A, a, not as much as you would think, because I put it and I give them the examples that I have to deal with day in and day out. 
which is three weeks. So three weeks ago, we install a capacitor. That customer will call me through, you know, three weeks later and say, Hey, you've overcharged me. And I'm like, what are you talking? Like what? Like the capacitor wasn't bad. Well, ma'am, it was, we replaced it. No, 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 it wasn't. Well, no, I've got a picture of the capacitor undervalued with a meter on it. Would you like me to send it back over to you? It was bad. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, and and then it just starts to, I give them the (laughs) scenario that we have to prove everything Mm -hmm. because through proof, so then they understand it. Now, granted, of course, with anything you have to build the, and that's where I love service time, but with anything you have to build habits, but all my forms make you do it. So they're just not going to the next call if you don't take a picture. So it, it, it is just, and that's, again, going back to the interview process, I explain, here's the three things that I'm going to expect you to do. And I know it's more, way more than three things, but it's, if you do these three things, you'll have a job here. Take pictures, give options, enter in the model and serial number every call. If you do those things, you'll have a job here. That's, that's basically, instead of having sales metrics of, hey, you need to sell X amount. Those are my metrics. If they follow those three things and sell nothing the entire time, which won't happen, but if they did, they would still have a job. Yeah. Well, and it changes the focus too from, you know, oh, I need to meet a certain quota or I need to get to my next job or blah, like to, mm-hmm. no, let me just do this right. Let me serve this customer right, right now. <laughs> right. Uh, and, 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 and focus on, you know, doing a quality install, making them satisfied. And then, I mean, it's kind of that same thing I'm getting with your culture side of like personal development, find their strengths and work to their strengths. Don't put them in a box that they're not comfortable in as a salesperson or whatever it is. Um, and then you know, the sales will follow just like the recruitment will follow, you know? Correct. And, and also I, just to touch back on the recruiting piece too, is we don't pay, I do pay, I spiff guys on stuff, but I pay them a very well paid hourly. Yeah. I think that, you know, my personal opinion that performance-based pay for technicians breeds guys that aren't going to do it the right way. It just, it's not, regardless, I understand that companies do it to entice their guys, Mm -hmm. but it will bring out the bad in people because they're, you know, they're going to be hungry. They're going to need something and they're going to replace that little old lady's thing that probably shouldn't have been replaced because of that's, how their pay is based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, where are you placing your incentives and how does that actually play out in terms of the customer's perspective and the tech's perspective? Like, what are they, again, what are they focused on? So. Right. And then that, that other piece too, which, cause I listened to a lot when I was, cause I, the second company I worked for in California was a next door company. And Dan Friesen would say, he's a, he was a trainer there at the time. And he would say, which he might be somebody good to get on the show. But um, <laughs> he said, the trainings that I hold, I could have a customer sit in there. Yeah. A customer could sit in my training. Wow. That, and I'm yeah. like, that's true. I could have a customer, because I'm not training anything that's, but there has been trainings I've been in and I'm like, that might be a little, yeah, you sold them something, but that's a little on the edge to have the customer listen to the training. So Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it and a good way to think about it. It's like 
would you train an employee on something you wouldn't want your customer to hear? Right. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's kind of the old, you know, I'm uh, cause I've been through it. I was trained a lot in those ways. Again, I, I it's not, I understand the, the purpose of making contractors better and making sure that they're putting more value in their pricing and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, we, I think that, you know, as a, as home services businesses, we went way too far on the push of sales. And I know I, people definitely will not agree with that. I, that's just how I feel. I think that we went too far unchecked and we weren't f- focusing in on the best maintenance service and customer service that we could provide. We were worried about how many millions did we sell? Well, yeah. and, and for anybody listening right now, that's saying like, all right, like maybe I kind of buy in, maybe not. Uh, so I pulled up uh, before the show, um, Veterinaire, and you guys have 1,971 Google reviews with a 4.9 rating. And you've almost, uh, what was it? It was almost doubled in business, you know, in the last 12 months or last year. So for anybody listening that's thinking like, oh man, like, but maybe the, maybe we'll do a little more sales focused and bring some of this stuff in. And, but I, I mean, the proof is right there in the numbers, which huge, huge, huge props to you guys, Ryan, for taking what you knew was right to do and did it, even if it didn't make sense in the, in the short term, in the moment, like to the bottom line and stuff, you took something that you knew would work. And just by doing what was right, it has a positive result. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's It's weird. It's like you do something right. You do it the right way. And when it ends up, it's, it's like, it's shocking. It's that it gives me another, I'll give you another example on that, which these are like my feel good stories. But so I, of course I have, I do have guys that sell equipment, right? That's not like, I, of course we still sell stuff, but yeah, it, it feels good. I'll get the phone call and they'll say, you know, man, they were asking about, you know, that's a free second opinion. Just want to let you know, I sold a maintenance agreement here and I'm like, good job, dude. Because it's, they instructed the customer, hey, it's okay. You can get some more life out of this. And my guys feel comfortable doing that. And they still, again, we, we're not, not selling equipment. We sell a lot of equipment, but th- those are home run stories. And they feel good knowing that they can do that because they come from backgrounds where they're getting questioned. Why didn't you sell that person? You know, I was a lead. Why didn't you close that thing? And I'm like, we just don't have that pressure on them. But they flourish because of it. Well, and then the customers appreciate that much more, and they're much more willing to refer you guys or write a positive review because they feel like, no, they did the right thing. They didn't just try to sell me on something that I didn't. Right. I mean, exactly. But we get caught on one lead at a time instead of the overall picture, right? So it's just Mm -hmm. that. Well, awesome, Ryan. We are going to have to wrap it up, but man, this was awesome. I definitely, man, I learned a lot during this. So a couple of recaps I have, and then Stephen, I'll let you throw a couple in as well. Um, but first and foremost, identify and work towards your individual staff's strengths. Um, so I love that story of your, you know, the young, young gal that was going into HR and you're like, no, this is your calling. Like you are amazing at this. Like nobody can do what you're doing right now. Um, just identifying little strengths like that and working towards them. Um, and then ultimately building your, your, your culture off of that. So hiring for attitude over aptitude, um, you know, hire people that want to grow personally and make 
um, and those people that are motivated will make the best employees. Um, and, and, you know, having a pool of motivated, awesome, personally developing people is going to create a, a culture of its own. Um, and you're going to push each other. Um, and then that alone will attract the best of the best um, in terms of uh, recruiting and retention. Um, and then my final point here is build trust with your customers, provide quality service, and your sales will follow. Um, and it's really as simple as that, you know. Don't think about the way that you're incentivizing the ways your techs and the ways that they're interacting with your customers and make sure that it's in the best interest of both your employees and your customers first and foremost. Nice, man. I have uh, mine that I would add is um, about the bad attitude, right? Like, you know, Ryan talking to people about, Hey, like you, you, you can have a lot of things going on here, but bad attitude is not one of them. And just this constant reaffirmation about gratitude and thankfulness of, of everything that we have, you know, living here in America and having a great job and, and, and having the, uh, the ability and the, the gift of having uh, pressure. I think that that's just so important to remember. And I think that as, as owners and GMs and all of that kind of stuff, like we forget sometimes, like sometimes our energy can get low and we walk into a situation and we're like, oh man, I don't have time to deal with this right now, but it's so important to take that moment and take that opportunity and flip those things around and reframe and refresh uh, the memory of our teams that, Hey, look, we have so much to be thankful for here. Be thankful for this pressure that you have right now. Cause it's going to create all kinds of amazing stuff. Um, and then the, the, the last piece is just this general overarching theme that I got from Ryan, which is like, do what makes sense, right? Like if you're running your, your guys and your girls and your team, to the ragged edge and you're constantly getting that feedback, figure something out, do something different. Um, you don't have to just do something because you think that this is the way it's always been done. And oh my gosh, I'm freaking out because of revenue and profit. And we've got to push harder. A lot of times uh, pushing harder is not the answer. It's taking a step back and doing something that's a little bit different. And I just love, you know, all the different examples that Ryan gave of how they're doing that for recruiting, how they're doing that for sales. And I mean, look, a company that has 1,971 Google reviews with a 4.9 rating that doesn't talk about pushing sales and doesn't push 24 seven, we have to give attention to that. We've got to pay, we've got to like, I mean, we've just got to be aware that something cool is going on here. And so I would challenge people that are listening to, uh, to think about things a little differently and don't do it just because you've always done something that way. Really listen to what kind of cool other options might be available. Definitely. So to our listeners, definitely check out veteranair.com. And Ryan, is there anywhere else that uh, people can find you or grab some more information if they're interested? Oh yeah. We're of course we're on Facebook for veteran air. Um, you can always hit me up. I'm on Facebook at Ryan. Tucker Smith is my Facebook thing. Look me up. I love, I love talking to people about new ideas and I, I wouldn't be here without my mentors that got me to this spot. So yeah, we're, it's cool. that There's enough out there for everybody. We can help each other all succeed and just have great customers. So that's a cool Awesome, thing. man. Love Thanks it. For having me. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and the lessons you've learned and your unique perspectives. Um, like I said, I got a lot out of it and I'm sure our listeners did as well. So I want to thank everybody for joining for this episode of Home Service Success. 
you can join the discussion on our Facebook group, Home Service Success, um, or check out withdelivers.com. Thanks so much for listening and have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you.